What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. How's it going? To the middle left in front of me, Zachary Parks. Hello. Hello. And joining us once again for the first time in a very long time, like over a year, yeah. Dylan Biles. Welcome back to the show, sir. Author of If No One Has Heard It. You need to go back and listen to the uh, moment with Mogan rap that oh Dylan my made. Gosh. So he contributed that wonderful bit of music to our lives. But so. I didn't even think about the fact that it wasn't evergreen because they did eventually make a Zelda game. So yeah. I didn't really use it anymore. <laughs> I did realize that. Like I was listening to it. I was like, oh, damn, we got to get updated, yeah, you updated can't, lyrics. You can't build in your own dating. I know. You have to leave it ambiguous. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Uh, it's all right. But in case you did not know, Team Chat Podcast is a video game podcast where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. You want to get in contact? with us well send us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com follow us on twitter like us on facebook and subscribe to our youtube and itunes channels if you want to support the show you can do that as well by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast whereas for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and in return we will give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before it's general tuesday release and access to our private discord server there's a lot of stuff going on there. a lot of stuff going yeah, on over there. dylan's a part of it awesome he can stuff. tell you it's fun dylan awesome also, that's the first time I've gotten to witness this little thing live. So that was really? a real treat oh, yeah, for me. Because yeah. first time you first time you came, we weren't videoing yet. So oh, like, that's so right. yeah. So it's a whole new spiel for him. It's a whole new show. Wow. Yeah. Real, you guys, are, you're all grown up. I know. We're, We're just building up and proving it's <laughs> great. It's wonderful. You got a haircut. I did. Past. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to some more fun Dylan news in a second. But uh, we do have our our song contest for this week, and we have a winner. Did song I get it right? From last week. No. Was. The Real Adventures Under Sea, given to us by Dylan. And the game was Echo the Dolphin. I didn't even <laughs> listen the to the Dolphin. track. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty solid guess, unless I was, I was hoping that he was like pulling a, no. he was pulling a fast one. It was like an adaptation of The Little Mermaid, which would have been <laughs> hilarious, but I Echo didn't the even, I was like, what do I know that's underwater? Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was the, it, it was so funny, like five seconds after you said, or you uh, mentioned the clue, it was just like, boom, there it was. Echo and I was like, dolphin. all right, I got to make this a little more difficult <laughs> next time. Uh, it's all good. It was a, it was a fun one. And that was actually a really good song too. I hadn't really listened to that, uh, to that soundtrack at all. It's a it's great game. Something to be said about those old, you know, chip tune. I would be happy to make any game. additional commentary about it, but A, I didn't listen to the track. B, I've never played the game. Well, the, I, played I just either. guessed out of the, the blue. The game was awesome, but I remember that being the first game that I remember people talking about the music specifically being awesome. Oh, like, yeah. And it was because it was the 8 I mean, it, you know, there's memorable 8-bit music. I do but, know that Echo is famous for its last boss. Like the final yeah. boss in Echo the Dolphin is like historically very disturbing for a dolphin game that takes place underwater <laughs> and like just Do you get caught so... in a tuna fisherman's net no it's like oh. you should look it up it's crazy a tuna fisherman's net <laughs> that's a real problem dolphin's keep face. your thoughts to yourself jared anyways uh-huh. no that's not what it is <laughs> fine fine but we do have a hint for this week's song contest given to us by Michael Sandoval, so stick around to the end of the episode for that. I was about to say, I don't think of one now, do I? No, <laughs> I didn't you don't. Think I was you right. got a whole week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Dylan is back with us over a year. Some major life events have happened for you, which is part of what today's topic, the inspiration of today's topic came from. I assume you're talking about my um, multi-platinum rap career. Yes. <laughs> um, since No, no. Uh, since the last time that I was here, I got married. Woo! So, uh, ring for the camera. What's up? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got married. Uh, my wife, Sabrina. Uh, we got married in June. So, uh, yeah, pretty exciting. And I, I was thinking about some well, one random day. I was thinking about what topic could I do on uh, the next time I'm on the podcast. And I thought we'd do a wedding themed, uh, nice, you know, uh, topic here. So, 
We'll do something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And as we get to each of them, I'll, I'll explain Boom. what they are. That's awesome. So, so yeah, wait, you sent me this topic. Why is wedding themed? That's, that's the old wedding thing. Like, oh, every bride is supposed to wear something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. It's like the tradition. <laughs> this loser wouldn't yeah. know. I was Look like, at him. Is wedding <laughs> like, oh, no, I have, like, the wrong topic. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'll, I can't hear you guys very well. You're going in and out. And then he just disconnects from the call. He's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not putting Sorry, on this charade. <laughs> oh, man. So the first one that we want to do, which of the four do you want to do first? Well, let's, just, let's just go in order. So let's yeah, start we with... have to go in order. Okay, that's what I figured we would do. Dodge. That's what I figured. That's how I have it written down on here. So, you know, we'll just go with the first one. So something old then, right? Yeah, something old. So this was, uh, the idea here is what's your favorite game that you remember playing on the very first console or very first system or like the first game you remember? Not necessarily, it didn't have to be your favorite game, but like the first one on the first console or PC, if that's where you were gaming or whatever that, that you remember playing. Zach, start us off. Go. All right. I'm so... Interested in this topic actually because uh, my gaming history, as I explained in the first episode, while it did start on a PC, I don't really consider my first gaming console to be the until I got the Nintendo 64. And ah, very nice. I was going to stick with an N64. If I talked about PC, it would have been Medal of Honor or Need for Speed. Those would have been like, or The Sims, or those would have been, or Roller Coaster Tycoon, maybe. Those would have been the, the options I would have gone with there. But be, I, I chose instead to do the N64 because that felt like my first real dive into video game territory. And I've talked about a couple games on here before, uh, like Mario 64, Super Mario 64, which we all we did a whole episode on. Right. Uh, that was obviously a huge game that I played that was one of my favorites. Uh, so was Mario Party. That was another big one, also one of my favorites. But the very first game that I ever got, so I remember, I remember, uh, I, I won't go into the story too much, but basically me and my mom, you know, I'm like, what, 10 or something? I don't, I can't, something like that, maybe even younger. I went to... This fellow's house, this and fellow. he was like, it was me and my mom. Me and my mom went there. I didn't walk over there. <laughs> you make it sound and, like uh, a drug deal. I went to this fellow's I house. I checked over to this guy's house. And uh, he was like, just had things. He just had, like, I remember he had swords everywhere. Nice. He had, like, shield, swords and shields. He was into uh, close combat fighting, I suppose. and Or, or collecting swords. <laughs> Uh, we couldn't find I really wanted a Nintendo 64 and we couldn't find one anywhere and he had one so we basically you know before Craigslist we got it from him right it's like oh, Craigslist okay. and, and, so it um, was a drug deal but for the Nintendo <laughs> exactly exactly I'm sure there's drugs in there that'd <laughs> be funny anyways um, the, he had two games for me he's like alright I can give you one of these two games which game do you want and it was Mario 64 which I did not take. Instead, I took Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. Okay, yeah. (laughs) All right. Which was one of the best games of all time. I absolutely loved that game, and I never regretted my decision. I mean, I kind of did. Super Sports better game. But Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey was a fantastic game fantastic sports games and i don't really particularly like sports games that much and i mean i went through my fifa and madden and ncaa phase but wayne gretzky was in the same vein as there's the old basketball game called hang time i believe did anyone play that game no i remember hang time hang time yeah it was 
and basically the point of hang time and Wayne Gretzky and, and uh, NBA Street, that's another later rendition, kind of is it's more arcade than simulation. Oh, okay. And Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey was arcade in just every possible way. Um, I looked at some videos today to kind of like refamiliarize myself. It certainly doesn't look like it's aged that well, but that doesn't really matter because what I remember about the game is the mechanics and it had one of the most fluid, dynamic 3v3 multiplayer experiences that I could find. And of course, I wouldn't phrase it like that when I was a child. What I really liked about it was I hit a puck and it lit the goal on fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. That sounds that awesome. Was, that was the fantastic part about it, was the fact that I could light the goals on fire, the fact that you can get in fist fights in the middle of a game if you check somebody too hard, which I thought was just fantastic. And you the could, fact that the you can make people's it, heads it bleed. Oh, What's that? You I think really? you can make people's heads bleed on the ice. That's amazing. How oh, could you? I you think so. You, 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 there was certainly a, a check button to check people. So there was certainly like people flipping and flying around. And uh, but back to like sort of actually the gameplay of it. I remember it was in the same sort of way that I'd play Mario Party or Goldeneye. Wayne Gretzky was just in I mean in a lot of ways just as fun. It was really fast paced and it required a lot of uh, sort of I, I mean the simplest way is a lot of passing. You know, it required a lot of movement. It wasn't that easy to get a goal. I mean, it, you know, again, the score would be like 12 to 10 at the end. So you, you scored a lot. Yeah. But it wasn't just take the puck down and shoot and you'll probably score. There was a lot of fun to be had with how to get around the defensive team, which is, you know, which is hockey, right? But it, again, wasn't very simu- – it wasn't – it was much less a simulation, much more of an arcade. And – um I have just wonderful memories of playing that by myself versus the computer, but also also taking it to friends' houses and playing it at friends' houses. And all of us were talking about what a fun game this is, like what a great multiplayer experience. Because also, it was one screen; it wasn't a split screen. So that's an it's oh, like really? Smash Bros. So you could see yeah. the whole. So what similar, do they call it? similar to like yeah, rink, rink, probably, but rink? similar to like the games of today because I feel like well I feel like Madden is Madden split screen I don't play Madden Madden, the play selection is split screen but you're playing it on the same screen that's right and same with FIFA and stuff like that too so that must just be a common thing with sports games I guess I'll be honest like you guys don't talk about sports games very often but but for me like hockey games have always been the best I mean there's some some crappy hockey games out there but it's like the best parts of FIFA which is a lot of people love playing the FIFA games it's the best part of FIFA but it's faster and it's like smaller scale and there's more Hitting. So the best part about it is that it's not soccer. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's exactly, right. that's exactly yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's but awesome. you're right. I mean, it, it does have that. I mean, the the feeling you get of playing FIFA is kind of the same feeling you'd get from playing Wayne Gretzky or you know maybe any hockey. But Wayne Gretzky is one I really played and liked a lot. Was that I of getting past your opponent and FIFA is like that. It's really just trying to get past your opponent and doing some wild trick to get into the goal. I mean, Wayne Gretzky is the exact same thing, and I think. You know, I think a lot of people know that game, Wayne Gretzky. I don't think that's a lesser-known game. But not as many Probably, people I mean, know. I didn't play it, but I mean, I wasn't very active on the N64 either, so I mean, yeah. that's just... And not nearly well, as many me. people know about the questionable decisions your mom has made to help your gaming addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I love I know, getting these like rare five. these rare glimpses into the life of Zach's mom and the yeah. things she did for you. <laughs> She'll come up again for the uh, last topic here. Oh, how I got another game. Fancy no, another game. <laughs> so other- yeah, that would that's that's like my favorite from 
uh, my first that was like my first game for my first console. Nice. Awesome. That's pretty fun. Smoke, what is yours then? I What's want your you to something guess. old? I want you to freaking guess. Okay, well, I'm going to You assume, know what it is. Okay, Legend of Spyro. Zagun. Boom. Actually, oh, no. no, what's funny is you're both right. Actually, on my list, I wrote down both Spyro and The Legend of Dragoon because our first like family console was the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. We had a PC in our house before that, but I don't remember actually having like a home computer in our house until I was maybe in like third grade. Oh, okay. So I would have been like maybe 11. So that was definitely something that came after the PlayStation 1 did. And when we had PlayStation 1, our very first games were Tekken 2, Crash Bandicoot, which are both still amazing, mm-hmm. and Spyro and The Legend of Dragoon. And of those, I would have to rank The Legend of Dragoon as technically my favorite because you've heard about it so many yeah, times. Yeah, you've talked about it the most. But Spyro is a close contender because Spyro has everything that I love about traditional platforming games. And Spyro is just like the culmination of everything that platformers should ever aspire to be. Oh. And really, that's about all I have to say about it. Because you've heard about The Legend of Dragoon so we have. much. I feel you've like already heard about point. it all the time. <laughs> Well, that's what, so okay. So legend. So Wayne Gretzky NHL for you. Legend of Dragoon. L O D. Okay. So mine. Uh, let's see. The first one with so semi complicated answer with this one too. I didn't have a, a console until I actually moved moved out of my parents' house and I bought the PS3. That was my first console that I owned. But we played a lot of. I had computer a computer before that, and we played computer games all the time on that. Um, so if it was my first console, PS uh, for the PS3, that would be Assassin's Creed Two. But that's so recent that I shouldn't know. even count. I know exactly. You're so that's why I gotta go old. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going older than that to win uh, the probably the very first game that I really remember playing outside of like Shanghai or Mahjong on the on the, the built-in game that came with the computer was this one called Battle Chess. Had it on floppy Dude. floppy disk. Yes, Battle oh, Chess. Floppy disk. I loved that. <laughs> Battle Chess was the shit. Why? It's not just chess. No, the the pieces come alive and they move, and they would and they had wonderful death animations whenever they got captured. It was the best. Two knights squared off against each other. It was the winning knight. They'd like slowly claim their swords, claim their shields, claim their swords, claim their shields, and then the winning knight would lop off the other one's arm. Oh. <laughs> then he'd like try to hit you with his shield because he didn't have a sword anymore. You'd lop off that arm then he'd try kicking you you'd lop off his legs and then then just like kick him over and that's how it was bishops could like summon like the hand of god and the big finger would just come down and squish the somebody else pawns would like jab each other with their spears queen could do magic uh, the king could also do kind of magic too. I can't remember all yeah, the moves of Maul, magic. but weaker magic, way worse magic. Yeah, and so it was. But this game, for I'm honestly like slightly surprised my parents let us play it because it was <laughs> a little violent. We were younger kids when we played it, uh, especially did, because you know had the dismemberment of limbs. They gave it to us like they knew. They knew. Did it? Did the pieces bleed? No. Oh, I mean, it was cartoonish. Lame. It was very cartoonish. So I mean, well, but. If you like took a piece with your bishop, would that other piece have a chance to like fight back and no. not get taken? No, oh, okay. I mean it had it had like an animation like they were going to fight, but the winning piece would always <laughs> oh, be the one who, was, you know, it, it was always it was just more for show than an actual thing. So yeah. that way it wasn't just like oh you captured it. You could play normal chess on it too, but I mean who wants to do that when you have the option to do all that fun stuff? So that would have to be my something old. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember Battle Chess. I think I got it like later on on a computer when I was a little bit older, and I just remembered hearing about it a ton. Um, but yeah, I loved that game. Uh, so for me, 
So I could go two ways with this. One is, I mean, before, so I'm a little older than you guys. So my first console was the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh-huh. Um, I had some friends that had, uh, like, or some family that had, like, Atari. He's talking about the NES. The I'm NES. confused yeah. no, no. by his phrasing. We called that, well, we just called it the Nintendo, to be honest. Like, that's all there was. Yeah, it's there like, wasn't anything else to compare it with, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like the iPhone when it came out was just the iPhone. <laughs> um, right. So for that one, but I played a lot of computer games before where you're talking, like, the original Carmen San Diego oh, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. Oh, San Diego. <laughs> that stuff was fun. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to cheat a little bit and say for, for the Nintendo, that was when video games really sort of took like hold. Right. Um, and for the Nintendo, Contra was the game. I mean, I played, I played Legend oh, of Zelda. Yeah. I played Mario. I played Duck Hunt that came with it and everything. But um, Contra for me was the one that... I could not stop playing. Like the, I mean, as a as a little kid, like the guns were so cool. That spread gun that would yeah. like shoot all over the place, and it was the first one that I ever remember where it was like because it, it's the one that has the famous code where you get ninety nine lives. It's up, up, down, oh. down, left, right, left, right, B A B A start. Oh, and, and like now it's kind of legendary. But at the time, you thought you had this secret, you know, right, that like right. no one else knew, and there was no internet to. You know, to, to spread it around at the time. So uh, for me, that game was the most fun to play. Especially, it was fun to play if you had friends over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but on the computer, there was this one game that it was. So this would have been before my Nintendo days. Uh, it was a text-based game, and it was for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Have you guys ever run across <laughs> no. this? No, I didn't know this. It was my first exposure one. to that universe at all, and it was the hardest game to really? play because you just had to guess what the computer wanted you to say. And it's, it literally starts off with um, you wake up in a black room, and you you have to figure out what to do, and eventually you figure out how to turn the light, but you have to do it just right. You have to move off the bed just right. You have a pounding headache. Basically, you're hungover, and you have to like find the aspirin, but you don't know that you're hungover or anything. And you get to this point where you realize there's a bulldozer outside of your house that's about to take oh, over no. your house or like uh, take down your house, and you have to stand in front of the bulldozer just long enough for the guy to give up, and then someone comes and saves you, and you end up on a spaceship, and that's about as far as I could get. And because there was no internet, there was no way to get the answers of how to get through this so for my entire life that game uh i had no idea what happened and it passed like maybe the first quarter of the game and then like one day i was i was i mean years and years later like we're talking 2005 2006 someone had it online uh in an emulator and they had all of the solutions in it and i got to go through the whole story and like i kind of hated that i did I kind of wished I had just you left it cheated. not knowing. You I know. I, got it. I, in fairness, I cheated like 25 years later. But the statute of limitations <laughs> yeah. for cheating has gone by. We should have a discussion on how long do you have to wait before it's not cheating. Oh, I absolutely yeah. looked up something for Legend of Zelda, the original one, on the NES oh, Classic. Dude, you That's a hard it. game. That's a freaking yeah. hard game. I was game. trying to figure out how to fight the first boss, oh. the like, dragon one, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't even get to the first boss. I'm like, I'm still in the forest. I'm I don't better know. Than you. Oh, yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> one Zelda. Game. <laughs> well, I highly recommend going. You can find it online now, and you can play the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text game. It is hilarious. It was so like adult, but like weird because the whole Hitchhiker's Guide universe is yeah. like, really weird. Anyway, it's really cool. You should like seriously check it out, and it'll take you thirty minutes to play the game or something. That's like that. as least expected as I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> like of all the games you could have said on planet Earth, <laughs> the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text-based adventure game was like. Dead Wouldn't last. even across my radar at <laughs> all. Because I'm real old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so to recap then, are something old. Wayne Gretzky, NHL, hockey, Legend of Dragoon, Battle Chess, 
Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> so, Dylan, why don't you then start us off with something news? Okay, yeah, so something new. And then for me, I was just thinking, I mean, you guys have spent a lot of time over the, the episodes talking about new games that you like or something. So I was just thinking something noteworthy in the last five years that maybe you haven't talked about yet. Or oh, something like that. that. I, uh, I mean, you don't feel. I mean, like just something that's a little newer, a little more, mm. um, you know, a little more interesting. I thought the statute was three years, okay. so I was on a more <laughs> condensed timeline. I mean, you can t- make it harder on yourself if you want. I mean, yeah. the problem was I still had so many games that came out in like the past three years that I'm yeah. like, it's the best game ever. Yeah. So I really didn't manage to narrow down my list very much. Mm-hmm. What I ended up with were four top contenders. I know that's like a really huge <laughs> list. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but Jeez. it was Splatoon. So obviously I'm just talking about the first one. Okay. So the newest one is so, so, so new that I wasn't really including it. So Splatoon, Breath of the Wild, uh, Life is Strange. Yeah. Made it into that top. I was like, man, that's a good game. It really and is. And Overwatch. Because in terms of sheer playtime, Overwatch and Man, probably Breath of the Wild one. are neck and neck. Breath of the Wild, because I spend so much of it technically asleep, <laughs> but like holding onto the controller so it's still counting me as active. <laughs> it counts. It counts, guys. So that's okay. So what about you then, Dylan? So for me, I, and I think someone, I can't remember who it was, but uh, some, it's been mentioned on the show before, but Transistor was the one that I just like felt oh, like yeah. was like an interesting game. It like scratched that, it's not a platformer exactly, but it kind of no. scratched that itch for me, like the a little older school kind of feel to it. But I just love the aesthetic of it and like the the power-up system where you get the, the, the chips and everything. Go, I don't know, there was just something about the aesthetics of that game. And it was another one that I got like... It was a PS Plus, yeah, PS Plus sure. one because I have it back. too. But oh, the same, okay. same, I haven't played it yet. Yeah, I just, I really like loved it. It was just one of those that it took no effort for me to just kind of sink into it for you know a few hours over you know at a time for a, yeah. a few weeks. So for me, that was like the the one that the it was it wasn't like anime, but it wasn't, uh, and it wasn't like cyberpunk, and it, but it was kind of like in that sort of that well, vein a little bit. You that's kind of super giants. Like main look because like they did this game too, Bastion. Which oh, if you right. haven't if you haven't played that one yet, you is need that to. cool? Oh god, it's so good. But it's the same kind of way. It's can't like, you tell just by looking at the poster? <laughs> it's like it's anime, really cool. Yeah. It's like anime esque, but not. And then the same thing even the, even with their their newest game, Pyre, which is another one you should check out. Mm-hmm. Like I need to play Transistor because I love their other two games. So why would I not like not like it? But Pyre is the very same way in the same art style because they it's also like the characters look. Not not as anime-ish really in that one, but it just has the very same like very vibrant, colorful colors. I know Transistor though is a little bit gloomier, but like the main character has the very vibrant red hair, mm-hmm. uh, and the, you know the in the almost you're right, almost steampunkish because she has like a Victorian style dress or something, you know. But then she's fighting with a sword that looks like a computer chip, so it's yeah. a very interesting, interesting game and in how it looks. So yeah, I didn't make my way around to that one, and it does feel a little bit like. Um, like a director's first movie or like, you know, I mean, you can, you can, it has a little bit of that feel where it's, it's sort of your, um, you know, the, the first swing at something, but you can tell that there's something there. You can there, see they, where they're going. Something. Like yeah. you get the gist. Totally. But I, I loved it. I thought it was a really fun game. Man, that's a good one too. I need to play that one real bad. But yeah, definitely. Pat, Bastion and, Tra- and uh, Bastion you can get for basically anything now. Mm-hmm. I think it's like even iOS. I think you can play it on. Right on. Really? I wouldn't necessarily recommend that, play, that way of playing it though. <laughs> Um, like I played it on the Mac and it was fun on there, but now they have a PS4, PS Vita, it's everywhere. Um, and then yeah, Pyre just came out a month ago about, mm-hmm. so yeah, and that one's, I just finished that one up a couple weeks ago or about a week ago and it was real good. Awesome. Uh, so my something new then I would say, I didn't think about some of those, some of those, like obviously if it was in the last five years, it'd be the last of us, but I've talked about the last of us a lot. <laughs> 
Um, but but I didn't even think about Overwatch because that's a really good point you're saying about yeah. basic just like playable hours of replayability. And today I was even playing it. We talked about it a little bit on the Discord, but today they lo- they rolled out for the consoles. They rolled out the new team deathmatch and deathmatch modes. Oh, I did get to play a little bit of the new deathmatch mode. It's, we should talk about that later because it's awesome. It's so it's much so fun. fun. But so here I am, like over a year out, they're providing a new play style and a new way that you can play. Not to mention the new updating of the he- the continuous updating of the heroes. So man, I should have thought about that one. But I have to give this one to Horizon Zero Dawn though. Came oh, out this year, okay, but like okay. I gotta give it to that game. Nice. It's, but then also, I was conflicted because of Life is Strange too. It's so good, Zach. You gotta finish it. You gotta play the I rest do of it, need man. I finish episode one. I still haven't finished episode I one. I swear to God, Zach. So I so <laughs> I tweeted I like out I'm close though. I tweeted out yesterday that I'm finally trying to be due to partly because of this topic, mm-hmm. and then uh, just because of Life is Strange. Thinking about like, man, that was such a good game. Trying to like put together my top ten, expand it from my top three to top yeah. ten because I was for a minute there, I was like. Does Life is Strange hit the top three? Like, See, it, it definitely doesn't for It me. doesn't for me either. But it's really like up there floating close to the top. Yeah, wow, really? That, that's yes. how I am too about it too. Like, you got to play it, it man. Yeah, you got to yeah. play it. Quite honestly, like the game ended. Sam was already home from work when I was, when I was finishing it up yesterday. And I just kind of like... It hit, it almost not quite, but I had a very strong emotional reaction to it that I have not had with a game since Last of Us. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing. It like stays with you. Yo, I, I even had like some it. nightmares about tornadoes and junk, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's I happening. I couldn't stop thinking about it for the rest of the day, and like I was like reading reviews and everything, even though I just finished the game. But but even still, though just, even though it's three years old, we got to get those reviews. <laughs> I gotta know what they thought. Uh, but no, Horizon Zero Dawn, just for the take, and especially what I've said before with the with the transition from Guerrilla, where they had been, Guerrilla Games, where they had been making the Killzone series, transitioning to this new, brand new IP. A massive undertaking than anything else the Killzone games had been because Killzone games were first-person shooter. You know, those are generally shorter games. Moving into a full open-world RPG action-adventure game, uh, the pure undertaking of it and how well they pulled it off in creating strong characters, strong environments, strong enemies, all this that I've talked before, an incredibly well-crafted story, it it had, hands down, that's where I had to pick for myself something new. Nice. I, I kind of expected that. Yeah. I don't know what else I was expecting. But yeah, that was kind of like one of the ones that I was like, it's probably going to be it's, up there. It's the just top. so damn good. It probably is. So Zach, what's your something new? So I couldn't think of a game in the last uh, three to five years that I don't think I haven't talked about. There, there probably is something. Either it's not worth mentioning or I forgot, but every <laughs> game that I was thinking of, I've talked about. So I'm going to revisit it a little bit. And uh, I just want to, can Mogan guess what it is real quick? Is it, is it Metal Gear? Oh wow! Oh I didn't come think about on! That. I thought I, I had it. Metal Metal oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Then, if you wanted her to guess, it's Firewatch. It's Firewatch. Mother, I wouldn't have guessed it. I wouldn't have guessed it. I honestly wouldn't have. But really? that's a man. So as we're talking, I keep thinking up more to add to my something new. I've added about three more. This games is why I wanted just to make a top ten talking. list. Yeah, Metal Gear would have been. I mean, that and I've talked about this summer. Never mind. Metal Halo Gear's chump change. Talk about Firewatch. Yes, yes, I should talk about. Well, I've talked about Firewatch on. Uh, I forget what episode it was. Obviously, you did a full review on it, didn't you, Mogan? I, I believe. Yeah. Did we do? Yep. It's been so long. Believe We're it. so old now. <laughs> and speaking of old, that's one of the things I was going to talk about. It as I get older as a gamer, I really feel like my scope of taste has gotten much narrower. Mm-hmm. And a game like Firewatch and Mogan recommending it—that's like. That was a. It's a great example of what the the kind of games that I want to play more of. And Life is Strange, I think, is in that same realm. I, th- it's I would think sort so. of. 
atmospheric stories and less action, less uh, less technical uh, stuff happening like Halo, which obviously I love and like there's specific reasons that I love those kind of games. But as I get older, I find more merit in games like Firewatch and Life is Strange. And Firewatch is just – I don't know if it was the timing for it. It was just one of those games that – uh, through Mogan's recommendation, entered my life at a very good time. I wish I could forget that Kudos game. Kudos to me, guys. myself on the back. <laughs> I wish I could go back, forget that game, and play it again. It's one of you know. I wish I I didn't already play it, and I could, and I had the experience all over because that it was such a for me. I thought a really mature way to approach video games, and obviously it wasn't. It's not the first to do it, but I think it was the first that got me sucked in in the way like you just were talking about you're really um, i got really emotionally invested in such a simple concept and obviously the you know the the uh the graphics of it like the art art direction of it was phenomenal i love the way they approached the style i love the way they approached dialogue and how just the simple idea that you had a timer before you could say something and if you didn't say anything that was a choice and that really is real you know it felt real to me and uh, the relationship you build and the whole sort of side mystery that's going on, which honestly, as good as that was, that's kind of in the back burner for me when it compares to just having a conversation with uh, – what's her name again? Morgan? Delilah. Delilah, that's right, in Tower – in the other tower. And it was just so well done in subtle. I think that's a very subtle game to to have uh, – you know, I, 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 I really highly recommend it to – and I mean, wants to play a sh- little short story. Absolutely. And even with the kind of side mystery you were talking about, um, I feel like Firewatch did an amazing job of making just one situation feel very, very impactful because I don't want to yeah. like, I know it's not new, but I don't want to like spoil well, it. No, for anybody it's definitely that on my radar. Yeah. I don't want to spoil yeah. it for anybody that hasn't played it, played it yet, but essentially you're kind of like not really, but sort of investigating the disappearance of a kid. Like you're definitely not, actively investigating that but right. like you you're not kind hired of, to yeah no no you're like that's not what you're out there for clearly because it takes you months to figure it out but when you eventually do the result that you discover is so like i remember zach when i was walking through the caves yeah. really close to the end of the game yeah. and you finally kind of came upon the resolution that you had sort of been hinting towards the whole time like yeah. i just kind of stopped i stopped my whole character and i looked at the clues and I was like, oh no, I know yeah. exactly where this is going. And when yeah. it finally did kind of like play out in the game, I was like, no. And it had yeah. really did have a huge emotional impact that was really only condensed to what maximum four people. Yeah. And it's yeah. amazing how you can take a game like, uh, I don't know what, The Last of Us, where literally 100, almost 100% of people are dead. Great, I don't care about that, but I care about that one tiny subset of people that Firewatch focused on because it made their experience so personal and it made it have such a gravity to it. Man, that one's in the list now too. Damn it. It's great. It's so good. I love, love that game. And I want to play other games like it. Uh, it, It kind of introduced me to a whole genre that I'm, I'm not fully immersed in. I think like go into what you you say about how your your taste kind of narrow over time. Like that's the thing for me about games over the last I would say 
five to 10 years that like the ones that really stick with me are the ones that have some emotional impact. And so yeah. like last of us is a great one. I mean, this is the, the firewatch is one that since you guys have talked about it, it's been like in the back of my mind, I got to get to that game Dude, because of the way it. you guys yeah. talked about oh, it. Yeah. It's so good. Red dead redemption is another one that has like an emotional oh, yeah. impact to it. You know what I mean? And those are the things that really stick with me. And, the, and the, it's the same with, with me, Zach, it's those are the kinds of games that I want to like invest my time in. We're just know? so mature. guys. Yeah. We really are. <laughs> well, because, at the end of the day, like the games, like the games, like Halo, the games, like Call of Duty, especially when the majority of what you're spending on those is the multiplayer, like that. For what it is, eventually it does become a, a rinse and repeat. You, for, you pick up the new the new first person shooter. Well, it's still a first person shooter kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. these these stories, like Life is Strange, Firewatch, and Last of Us, have this have this way of reinventing what the video game is and what it, and how it's presented and how the story comes across to everybody. So that's why for me too, like, and what's weird is as I agree with you, Zach, like a couple of years ago, like when it came out, I probably wouldn't have given life is strange. The, uh, a, another thought like I would have been like eh, nah you're not for branching me. Yeah. out out into the broader world <laughs> I know, of gaming and it's, and it's great and so and like I'm definitely because of how well this game was like not gonna, I'm not gonna write off episodic games especially for one well I mean I yeah. pre-ordered before the storm so it so comes it's out the tomorrow. complete game though no it's it's episodes also oh no okay I gotta make? wait I gotta wait until it's all three of them no then. I wanted to, I oh. wanted to try it out and see if it how much Sick. I would enjoy it for it's only three episodes though yeah I know but still but, I hate the waiting are well, they gonna come out like once a month or, yeah, something yeah. Like once that. a month yeah I have to wait three months that's yeah. not the telltale games I don't to like too. Yeah. this is my primary complaint but against I wanted, episodic so, gaming so I, I loved uh, Life is Strange and it had that but I wanted to experience it in the real like how it would be so that's why I kind of wanted well, to do well that's this. a good point so, see if it would have the same impact or if I would be like what no I got to know now <laughs> so no right now because man every time I finished an I call them chapters because yeah. I'm that person <laughs> um, every time I finished a new chapter in Life is Strange I was like I have to start the next one immediately right now oh yesterday when I finished the game I was like I had the last like 10% of episode 4 to do and I was not planning at all to finish the game yeah and I and I finished that I wrapped it up and I was like well I cannot stop now see that's the and thing I finished chapter 4 like over the weekend when it was really uh, storming really hard and I was like okay I'm gonna go to bed and then chapter 4 ended and I was like I'm not going to bed <laughs> No, you have to end it right there. I'm going to stay up all night, and I finished Chapter 5 in one sitting, because I was like, I have to know. Nice. So let's move on, then, to our Something Borrowed. Dylan, why don't you kick this one off for yeah. us? Yeah, so Something Borrowed. Um, in this one, I, I just kind of wanted to... For me, this is one of my favorite parts of, especially when I was a kid playing games, was either with the way you like traded games with your friends, and like you know, I had a game that my friend didn't have, and so we would we would swap them out, or like when you're spending time, you're like spending the night at a buddy's place, and they've got a game you haven't played. Like so, those are some of my favorite video gaming memories. And uh, so for this one, for something borrowed, a game that you loved that you remember borrowing from someone, or that you played at someone else's house, or you never owned the game itself, but you played. It. And for me, that game is Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I don't know if you guys ever played yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. That game ruled, especially when you were like 10 years old. And that game, yeah, Mike Tyson was like larger than life in, in the world anyway. And it was before any of his troubles. Any of his um, troubles. His <laughs> troubles. <laughs> uh, but he, like, the, the thing that was so cool about that game was that every single one of the, of the, the fighters that you fought against, you were, um, 
you know, you you had to have like a special trick to do each one. And again, this is before the internet, so it was, uh, you know, it was like tribal knowledge that would get passed right. around, you know, and like this person would know how to beat King or what was it? I can't even remember the name. There was the the King Cobra or uh, and and Glass Joe and like I mean, there was all these different ones, all the way up to Mike Tyson, and um, it was the most triumphant moment that I've ever had. I didn't even have the controller in my hand, but it's me and my buddy, Michael Keeney. I remember we're sitting in his room playing the game, sitting. We were standing because he was fighting Mike Tyson at the end. We had gotten that far and he... Uh, was just it, it's like when you're when you're playing a game and you're just like riding by the seat of your pants, you know yep, what I mean? Yep, like you, yep. you have no idea how you're going to be able to keep it up, but you just managed to pull it off and go fast enough to get the job done. And Mike Tyson went down for the count, and we like we stood up, we <laughs> hugged, we were screaming. <laughs> like I mean, it was like it was the most amazing moment. Uh, be, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I've had a video game moment top that watching another person beat Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> so that one's mine. That's, that's the glorious awesome. like second. I heard that's like impossible. I mean, people say that, but I watched it happen. Like, it definitely <laughs> He's happened. experienced the miracle. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Hard. The beauty That's a good of video one. games. Yeah. I know, bringing people together every bringing single people, day. It brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> Subjects. We have a... <laughs> <laughs> Neighbor kid. Likes to come out and check out whenever he sees my window. window. Zach, you want me to hold you up to the window? <laughs> uh, so let's see. I, I'll go on the, next on this one. So mine... I did eventually own the game, but when I, we probably got into it the most and was playing it the most, uh, would have to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4, or Modern Warfare, not Modern Warfare 4, it's Call of Duty 4, um, because that game was basically, I'd played Halo with my friends before, we'd, we'd done all that, and that, but I think we got into this one multiplayer doing LAN parties with it more than we did with Halo, uh, because it just... I don't know. We I played it over at my buddy's house one one day. I went over to his house and we were playing. Like even even though we were in the same room, he had a buddy of his that was that was over the internet. So we were had headphones on, headsets on. We're playing at the other side of the room on the computer. That's how we started. And then you know we eventually transitioned over onto playing it on the Xbox 360 or, or the PS3. Uh, but we would just go over and we would have like hangouts. We called them guy guy nights and everything, where it was just Nerds. all of our friends oh. getting hopped up on a Mountain Dew and uh, and snacks. You know the and shame. What, what Mountain Dew and Doritos? Yeah, yeah. Dorito or pretty much. Oh, no. Yeah, and pizza, snacks, other snacks that our moms Flaming would provide. Cheetos, yeah, I assume all that stuff. Sick. And so. Uh, uh, which I get very nostalgic for those nights. I would love to do that again. Uh, but but anyway, so but we wouldn't change games. We would literally just play Modern Warfare all night, and we would do different things. You know, you could always change it up and set the rules like you could with with Halo and other competitive multiplayer games like that. But our favorite mode to do it was where we would only have pistol and knives. So you had to, like you're running around, you know, combat style with like the knife under your pistol and all that stuff. And those are the only weapons you could have. You couldn't even throw grenades. You couldn't do anything. You had to do it that way. And we would play it on the. Uh, shipment map uh especially because it was very close quarters it was very small and man we just played the hell out of that <laughs> game and then we would change it up like snipers only you know all the same stuff that we get what zach like i'm sure you're familiar with yep. doing with halo but man just the countless hours we spent playing that game and like all night not not sleeping just just round after round after round after round so that one for me awesome. definitely had to be and then finally one of my buddies did wind up buying it for me for the mac actually so boom <laughs> so that's where i spent the majority of my play time on that one too so so yeah called it had to be called duty modern warfare awesome Zach, what about you? What's your something borrowed? Um, okay, so I believe I've talked about this before, 
but uh, there was a game that uh, it was the. I mean, we had Halo, uh, Halo, and Goldeneye, and uh, obviously those are very separate time period games. But those are uh, Mario Party games I've talked about. Those brought me and my friends together like in a big way. So I have a, I had three friends that live on my street when I was growing up, like good friends, best friends. They were like my best friends, and one of them had a GameCube, and for that GameCube. He had Resident Evil. I swear, I, believe I, I, I believe I've talked about this before. It's the I thought for sure you were going to say Resident Kirby Evil. Air Ride, the most <laughs> famous that? Kirby Air Ride, the most Kirby. famous game of the GameCube experience. <laughs> I feel like I've been gypped. That, <laughs> I love, I love when we talked about Kirby Air Ride. That game like blew my mind. I was like, that map, awesome. Those maps sound huge, dude. One of these days, I'm going to bring my GameCube and we're going to play Kirby Air Ride. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that was a fun conversation. But anyways, uh, we would. All, so it was me and three other friends. We'd all, so all four of us would go down into his unfinished basement, <laughs> and so you know there's like wooden uh, posts and just you know stuff scattered everywhere. The the floor was cold concrete, and we had this little TV set up, and we had the GameCube, we had the the game, we had one controller, and we'd all huddle around as we would play Resident Evil, or one of us would play, and the other three would watch, and I just don't think. You know, to talk about what Dylan was talking about with like getting people together and, and enjoying a video game. I really don't think I've had anything that's matched that experience. You know, of course, I've done Smash Bros and multiplayer games like that, which are phenomenal experiences to play together. But we were, we all had like the same goal in this game, and that was, it was like you know, you do the cam- It's a single player game, so you do the campaign together, and uh, we felt like we were all doing the same thing. But none of us wanted to play it. I mean, we were all <laughs> terrified of that game. <laughs> we and there is something about you know Resident Evil. Um, we, I think I went into more depth on another episode, but it's 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 really a throwback into the horror genre of real atmosphere. Uh, you know, atmospheric inducing fear more than jump scares or you know even playing the new Resident Evil, which I played just a little bit of. You know, it's just which is a fine game, but it's a little over the top for me. I really missed just walking around to that mansion and one zombie would come like down the hall. You would see it coming around the corner, but for something, the way the camera worked in that game, it was so frightening because it was fixed and you had no control. That probably, you know, helped induce a lot of fear. The fact that you couldn't have control of where the camera was. And anyways, you know, that was a game we huddled around and I, I don't, I'm not kidding when there was a moment when we were go- up in this cabin. And I think I told this story before. We were up in this cabin outside of uh, the mansion. And we're, like, looking for this note. We're, like, looking in a fireplace. We're looking in, like, under a bucket or something. And and we find this note about this girl that got locked up. And she was there forever. And she freed herself. And we're in this, like, corner of the house. And we're, like, shaking. Like, oh, it's so t- <laughs> some, this is so terrifying. Like, this poor girl. And... Uh, outside of the window, you hear her come in, or you hear her come in through the door, and you're like, "Oh!" And like she, you hear, she has these chains that she's dragging. She, you kind of oh, get a shit. glimpse of her. She's all mutated, and we're like, you know, we're pitting paws, and we're like standing up, like, "Oh, who, I'm not playing this." You know, someone else has to turn. There's a, there's, a, there's a corner you have to turn around. Like someone else has to turn that corner. There's no way I'm turning this corner. And eventually, we did it. And I remember Sean Starkey turned the corner, and. Right when it Brace happens, it, like you get hit over the head with like a club by the, and we were just like all of us screamed. We were all like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
were like, fuck this game. <laughs> it was so scary. And uh, yeah, so Resident Evil was just one of those games that only one of us had, but all of us got to experience together. And, and that was just, man, I, I, it's a f- unfortunate that video games don't do that as much or at all anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The best yeah. experiences. Seriously. So good. I don't have any that are that intense, but I do have at least three games slash series that I have extremely fond memories of sharing. And these are both kind of in conjunction with two of my very first gaming pals. So, of course, my original gaming buddies would be my brother and my sister because we all grew up on the same PlayStation. We had to share it. There was only two controllers. What are you going to do? But then when I finally like started to get to the age where you could actually make real friendships and like actually connect with other people, I had two friends, one of whom owned a bunch of games that I didn't and one of whom owned no games and I owned the games in that case. <laughs> so it was like, okay, I have to go to Jesse Janae's house if I want to play these or Sarah Moore has to come to my house so that we can play these. And these all would have been on the computer. So you've heard quite a bit about my storied and grand and wonderful history with Unreal Tournament, the greatest series ever. So that was with Jessie Janae. So I have so many memories of going over to her house. We would go up to their bonus room. They were the type of family that had a bonus room. And I was like, you guys suck. You have a bonus room? (laughs) (laughs) So they had a bonus room and they had... I think they had an N64 and they had of course their family PC and it was technically her older brother's PC but every time he was gone we would play Unreal Tournament and The Sims so this is actually something that I don't think I've ever talked about before but we played the bejesus out of The Sims like so much that it was concerning (laughs) and this was like the point at which the Rosebud cheat was like the Thing. You had to be able to do Rosebud to get unlimited money. Yeah, yeah you I had know. to okay. do Rosebud semicolon, 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 and eventually you yeah. would just get all the money. Hell and yeah. we were like, we can have the grandest house <laughs> you've ever seen. And we each had a character. Like, she made herself one, and I made myself one. And of course, we weren't very imaginative, so like we were both regular female humans. And I don't think that the original Sims had many other options aside from that. But probably the best story that we got from this is we were just two gals being pals, <laughs> living in our mansion, having a grand old time. And then one day, like we had been playing this for months and months and months. And then one day, one of our Sims comes up with like this bubble and it's like, oh, do you want to have a baby? And we were like, yeah, sure. So our female <laughs> Sims, who we did not realize had become lesbians, decided to adopt a baby together. And we were like, oh. <laughs> this is great. It Turns is out the they miracle. were lesbians the whole time. I know, they time. tricked us. They were lesbians <laughs> the whole time. And we were like, oh, we don't think we should tell our parents about this. Because <laughs> it was Tennessee in the 90s. So we yeah. were like, we'll keep this on the Gotta DM. Be a, yeah. We're going to let them live their lives. It's going to be cool. They're going to take care of their baby real good. He's going to have a great life in his mansion with his two moms. (laughs) (laughs) It was just such a great day. We were like, wow, huh? Lesbians. How about that? (laughs) More you know. Well, the more you know. It was amazing. And then the one game series that my parents really invested in me to, I suppose, try to make me smarter. I don't know if it worked, but that's, I think, was the goal. Mm -hmm. The Nancy Drew PC Mystery Adventure Series. I think they're still making those, right? They are. I still buy them. (laughs) (laughs) I still buy them. 
those games. They're the best. So um, Nancy Drew is the best investigator you've ever seen. She's better than James Bond. She's better than, I don't know, all those other people. The Hardy Boys? No, definitely not better than the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys do make it into a few of her games, but they're only side characters because they're not good enough for their own game series. Nancy Drew got introduced through the Hardy Boys. Yeah, and then she overtook them with her mass appeal. She's so much better than those losers. Don't even get me started on Babysitter's Club versus Sweet Valley High. (laughs) (laughs) Babysitter's Club for life. Anyways, so I had the uh, Nancy Drew PC Mystery Adventure series. And I remember getting the first two for like, I think my birthday. And I was like, thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) That's so great. Like, I was like, what do I even do with these? And then I started playing, I think it was legitimately the second game in the series, Mystery in a Haunted Mansion. And I was like, this game is amazing. I have to tell all of my friends. So, of course, I went and told Jesse. So me and Jesse would play the Nancy Drew series at home, too. But the other girl who lived in my neighborhood. So we were like wilderness buddies. Like, we would traverse the neighborhood like a roaming gang. (laughs) of hooligans together that was sarah moore and she would come over to my house we would pull up an extra kitchen chair to the shared family pc and just play nancy drew all night and it was so hard like i don't know how much you play legitimate puzzle games those games were freaking hard i tried to play the third one again recently just to see if i could do it i was like wow i've gotten a lot stupider over time (laughs) i don't think i can do this anymore and so you really did kind of need your other buddy there to be like okay but what if we tried this instead and then you also had to have someone that would take the notes because there wasn't really like the internet back then so someone had to take the handwritten notes we had to write down all the puzzles we had to figure it out together and i have so many fiercely invested hours of playing nancy drew with either jesse and sarah moore Mm. best times good times nice All right, well, to bring it home, we have to do our Something Blue. So what is this one going to be? So Something Blue is, what is the, like, dirtiest, raunchiest, bluest game that you played, have played, that you loved? Because there's there's been plenty of, like, dirty, like, the games that are trying to be super edgy that I just sort of hated. Yeah. But, like, there's a few that I actually just, like, despite what they were, (laughs) I loved them. So what was Um, yours? So for me, it's, it's GTA 3. Uh, it's the one. It's the one in the hood that has all the '90s hip hop. Um, it's. Uh, but my favorite thing. My brother-in-law to this day will walk around to each other, and because uh, he, whenever you would, you would go on the street and you would beat someone up, and the money would fall out of their pocket, and you would pick it up, and he would just go, "Give me that paper." And so we still say, "Give me that paper" to each other all the time. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it was. I mean, honestly, like that game today, I mean, GTA has always like pushed boundaries, but that right. game today I feel like would have a tough time just because of some of the um, the racial <laughs> undertones to the game. Uh, but at the time it was like, I don't know, for a suburban white kid, it was like it was the first chance I got to like identify with, with, with that <laughs> subculture, I thought, you know what I mean? It was definitely an oversimplification, but I freaking loved that game. And it was, there was no cooler feeling than just driving down the street in a stolen car, listening to Snoop Dogg blaring out of the car radio. That's awesome. Uh, there was always, there was like two or three songs that I remember. There was, there was a uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg song um, that I would always change the radio station to every time to listen to that song. And it just made me feel like I was living that. Compton life, you know? <laughs> that Compton <laughs> That's exactly life. what it was like. <laughs> so mine is actually on a similar vein uh, to yours. It's Saints, Saints Row the Third. Mm-hmm. Oh. 
Have you played any of the I Saints Row? I played the first Saints Row game, and that's one of those that I did not like that okay, much. Okay, really? It was, it was just like, for whatever reason, it was just too cartoonish or too over the top, or or maybe it just felt too much like it was trying to be a GTA game, but I've heard they've gotten better as, so, as they went. yeah, I have four, and I haven't played four yet, but three was my first introduction to the Saints Row series, and I fucking loved it, because it was so, like, I got the the vibes that it was definitely, yeah, it's like, it's, it's GTA, but not, but I definitely appreciated how much it was trying to be more over the top than GTA was. Yeah. It, I don't know, like, there's whole side quests where it's just you're trying to see how much how much you can destroy like you're driving a tank through the streets <laughs> and like blowing stuff up uh just trying or how many times you can get yourself run over and different things like that it's so crazy in the whole like side quest but it's like a game show in this world where it's people just go into this arena and just like start shooting at each other but it's called like <laughs> dr Gen- dr game g's super incredible something like that and it's like got this cat mascot who's like freaked out and always like you're assuming very high um <laughs> And strung on something. And so it's just a, a, a totally just weird thing. But the thing about it is, yeah, incredibly dirty game. Very raunchy. Like, one of the big things about it is, and one of my favorite weapons to use is that you got to run around with a huge purple dildo that oh, you used right. at a baseball bat. <laughs> and so obviously, like, that that leads yeah. for some interesting gameplay. But then there was this whole... Uh, this whole uh, mission that you had to do where you get drugged, but it was to infiltrate the enemy you get like drugged and, and kidnapped and you wake up in this party house. Basically that's the enemy, like part of the enemy headquarters, but you're completely naked. And so you play this entire level with just like pixelated butt in front and crotch area whenever you turn around and you just run through and like at first you're punching people to get the first few weapons that you can. And so, but then you're just running through this house and this building just hosing people down completely stark ass naked. And it's, I, I don't know, like it was just so weird at some point. And then I think at one, at one point in the game too, oh yeah, like something happens and people start getting turned into zombies and you're called to rescue the town by Mayor Burt Reynolds. And you're just like, <laughs> yeah, sure. This makes sense. And so I don't know what just, town you're living in, but that's actively where I live. I, I commute here every day from Burt Reynolds town where our mayor, Burt Reynolds is the best mayor ever. So it was, uh, it's it, Saints Row the three, the third was a crazy game that I, I literally knew nothing about the series. Just wanted to try it out. It was cheap one day at a store and I was there and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try this out. Just wound up loving it. It was so good, but definitely dirty. I feel very like raunchy beating people over the head with a purple dildo is one of those video game images that you never really lose once you've done well, it. Because it, I mean, it was it was true to what you would expect a huge dildo to be. It was it wasn't straight and rigid. It was flopping all over the place. You know, so great mental imagery. You're bashing people over the head with it. So uh, it was it was a, it was a fun time. Smoking, what you got? What's your what's your something I blue? Nothing. I thought this one would be hard. For no, you. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't allowed to buy rated M games yeah. until I became a real adult. Well, that's fine. And I bought I've, Saints Row when I was an adult. I mean, I just I don't have like anything. Like I was racking my brains for this one, and I was like, they're all so PG. I just yeah. I don't have <laughs> anything. So if you can like suggest some stuff that maybe <laughs> I have played, but I I genuinely don't think I have anything that would even remotely fit this category. Something like Tekken or Unreal Tournament or something like that with just the, the pure oh, gore no. or something like okay. that might work. Actually, but. I do have technically one of the endings, and I think it was Tekken 3, was amazing. And I didn't really understand how out of place it was at the time, but now looking back, I'm like, wow, how did that get into a game? <laughs> Let alone a Tekken game. And now it's like, of course it got into Tekken. I get it now. But uh, so in Tekken 3, one of my favorite characters was Lee Chowlon. So he had two alter egos. There was Lee, who had platinum, like silver hair, and he wore a sleeveless 
tight leather blue vest and the skin tightest black leather pants ever. Nice. And like black combat boots. And Jared, he would, Jared's really good. And he was like vampire white and he would go around beating the crap out of people. And I was like, Lee, you're the best. <laughs> and then he had this equally ridiculous alter ego named Violet. And per his name, Violet had uh, ultraviolet purple hair. He had these super cool aviator sunglasses, much like Zach's from the last episode. Oh, and yeah. he yeah, would often Jeff. wear like this huge purple trench coat still with the black leather pants and Good. they were both absurd and I was like Lee's the greatest character to ever happen to the Tekken series and in Tekken 3 when you complete story mode so you go through like your 10 characters and then you eventually defeat Heihachi who was the final boss of that series um, when you beat him and you get past the credits and you get to Lee's ending video because they all had like an ending cutscene that was like a mini short film and you were like this is why I play this game uh so it flashes to a seaside pool resort so it's like all of these you know lawn chairs and everybody's sunbathing everybody's in bikinis and having a fun time zoom in on lee purple speedo nothing else purple speedo reclining in his chair like sunglasses drink in one hand and then he like snaps his fingers and hey hutchie also in a Speedo, <laughs> recall that he's an old, old man, but like as buff as, you know, it's ridiculously overbuffed. Right. So he's also in a black Speedo, but he also has on like a very Chippendale style white collar and bow tie, mm -hmm. holding like a, a silver platter in one hand. He comes over and he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> like he's clearly not happy to be there. And Lee goes, <laughs> two fingers and like because that's the drink he's ordering yeah. but it's like that's a little overly suggestive <laughs> considering that he's just asking for a drink <laughs> and, and she's like yes sir and he like just walks away to get to to, to uh, go get the drink and it just kind of like pans out on Lee and he's like this is the life <laughs> and I was that's like amazing. what <laughs> you can still go back and play that game and it's still the ending and it's the best that's crazy that's awesome that's as close right. as I've gotten yeah, that's great <laughs> Zach, what you got? Something blue. Well, mine was GTA 3. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it's funny, when, when I was thinking about that, there isn't really a lot of games that I would consider like real raunchy. Like, So I thought someone was going to bring up Conker's Bad Fur Day. Fur Day. Oh, you know yeah, the, where you're like the squirrel who's like really, uh, really, he's got a really bad mouth and he like squares yeah, really and curses bad everyone. Mouth and there's but like, that's like, what, what's that for? Was that N64? N64. Yeah, that's really? right. Really? That made it onto a Nintendo platform. Yeah. That's why I think it would have been an interesting, that's a, it sounds like a really interesting game. I've never played it. Conquer's Bad either. for a Day. I was once once in a blockbuster or something and they had a game called BMXXX. Have you, have you heard oh, of that yeah. game? I've heard of that one too. It's like BMX, but you're naked. And yeah. It's like super R-rated. And then uh, Twisted Metal Black, which I talked about a long time ago, yep. uh, was a really – that's a violent and really just disturbing game, I thought. And anyone that's played Metal Black will agree. It just has a very eerie, disturbing cutscenes for everyone's finale. It's, it's a dark game. But yeah, well, I mean – just I'll go over this very briefly. I agree with everything Dylan said about GTA 3. That was a game that I got when I was, you know, 12 or something, and I was playing it, and I was like, man, this is a dark, uh, violent, funny, just really gritty game. And and even compared, and I've mentioned this before, even compared to the other GTA games, it's uh, maybe it's because I was younger, but there is something very moody about that game, especially compared to 5, which is vibrant L.A. I mean, right. gritty, you know, Liberty City, which is New York, is just... 
uh, it felt very underbelly. And so does GTA 4 to a degree, but there was something about GTA 3 that really made it seem darker in a lot of ways. And um, yeah, that was another game that my mom took me to get, and it was a very funny uh, experience. <laughs> I, th- I can't remember the main character's name now in GTA 3. It's been so long, but like I do remember, I know what you're talking about. There was this feeling like, you know, the odds, like like society, the game was stacked against him a little bit, and there was always that kind of like underpinning of like you know you're born in the hood and you're not going to be able to get out because yeah. you know that's yeah. the way the world treats you. You had that kind of feel from him. Yeah, and, and, could, it, and it mean, was kind could, of the same but, with GTA Four. Like that, that that feeling carried over into GTA Four. I love GTA Four. I absolutely love it, and I've mentioned that GTA Five might be my least favorite out of three, four, and five. Same here. And, uh, even, what's interesting about the beginning of three, if I remember correctly, you are doing a job like a bank job, or you're like it's a cutscene, but you, you're getting away with money and you get double crossed. I'm pretty sure that woman shoots you, right? Ah, that sounds familiar now. Yeah, it's it's you like you go down an alley and a woman like shoots you and you get double crossed right from the get go and and right there it sets the whole tone of the game like you can't trust anybody. Yeah, it's uh God, I love GTA three. I I really love that game. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that has run through our full gambit of something old, something new, something borrowed, and something blue. This was a hell of a fun topic. Yeah. yeah, glad you guys liked it. Very good. Because Dylan, it was, it was rap much, master, topic master. <laughs> because it was pretty much cool was just a, a great, other than just being like, let's talk about nostalgia. Like, it was a great <laughs> way of bringing up nostalgic gaming yeah. moments and nostalgic games that we've played before. And some of these, like, man, and, and yeah, especially when we got to, like, the something news and, like, all the ones that came up, they're like, oh, these are all great games and things like that. Like, it, it's a great, it's a fun deep dive to be able to go back here about some of these other experiences because it's interesting how we all kind of have those same moments of, like, beating a game with a friend that's a really hard part or playing in a dark room, you know, or playing all, in a dark room <laughs> in an unfinished uh, basement. In unfinished basements <laughs> uh, with the most choice, perfect game for that of Resident Evil. You're playing in an unfinished basement and you're yeah. playing Resident Evil. Like, that's perfect. And then, you know, having your friends come over, going over for all night, all nighters of Mountain Dew and snacks. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just fun how, like, it, you know, we all may play the different games, but at the end of the day, like, we all kind of have the same experience with it. And it's, and it's fun to hear everybody's stories of those that wouldn't normally come out in conversation. So, right on. Excellent, fun topic, sir. Happy to contribute. Thank you, Dylan. Thank all right. You. Well, before we go, we do have our song contest for this week given to us by Michael Sandoval. All right. I'm ready. I'm going to get this one too. I'm the master. <laughs> Can't. Have to give other people a break, you know, a choice. A choice you know, That's, you can't just get everyone. I can't believe I was right about it. That's great. <laughs> Anyways, continue. His hint is you're too slow. Sonic, Sanic, Mania, gotta run fast, gotta go fast. I don't know how it is. Am I right? I don't know. I'm two for two, you. baby. <laughs> <laughs> but the hint one more time is you're too slow. So I'm, I'm assuming it's the track and field game on the power pad back in the day that you had to like Quop or quirt, Quirty or no, not oh, I mean no. obviously that's what it's called, but like isn't that doesn't it have something that has to do with like, Yeah, where uh, you have to it's, I think it is Quop where you have to do that thing. No, yeah, I was thinking of like the track and field game where you had to like run with the, your feet on the power pad oh, like that. Man. Oh, that yeah. makes me think that it might be DDR. Oh, yeah. Oh, nobody's talked about Dance Dance ever on this show. We'll have to have Sam on because she loves the Just Dance game. So we'll have to come on and just have a whole dance episode. Dude, DDR, the dance episode. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's what we'll have to do. All right, well, in case you're not familiar with it, the song contest goes live Wednesday 9 a.m. the day after this episode airs. We'll put a post up on Facebook and Twitter when the contest goes live. First person to correctly guess the game from which the song is chosen will be able to submit a song and hint for a future episode just like Michael Sandoval did today. So stay tuned Wednesday 9 a.m. the day after this episode goes live. 
But with that, this draws this episode of Team Chat Podcast to a close. Until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined to my right by Rachel Mogan. Fare thee well. To the middle of me, thousands of miles away, Zachary Parks. Peace out. And our wonderful guest, Dylan Biles. Excellent to have you back on the show. Arriba, Dirty. And that is it. See you all next time. Stick around for the <laughs> <laughs> I threw you guys off with a Riva Dirty. <laughs> I love the, the new the new languages. It's always fun. To, I never know who's going to shut it down. I was trying to-